Welcome to a podcast on fire on 18 Springs. Leon Lai tries to make a cinematic dent surrounded by female top talent behind and in front of the camera. It's a tall order, but uh, let's see how uh, Leon Lai does acting against acting royalty, being directed by directing royalty. And uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, I'm Kenny B. And with me still, uh, we're, we're, we're dedicated to each other and dedicated to the series, damn it. So with me still to uh, continue and moving on to the completion of the Leon Lai Obai series is my commentary brother in arms and uh, podcast brother in arms and uh, all-round uh, good extroverted fella, Phil G. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers, Kenny. Uh, I feel like you built me up too much there. But yeah, I'm back. Hey, Phil G. Back in the place to be and seeing if uh, Leon really is alive or will he die? Bye. It's bye. He, he doesn't die. That's mean. It's a, a bye. Uh, it's lie or bye. <laughs> well, bye is like die. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. One, one or the other. We'll find out anyway. Let, let's do this. I've chosen Phil to, uh, because uh, we're, we're a commentary duo. Uh, it's a brand of ours. I've chosen Phil to be the face of the uh, commentary duo. Uh, if uh, people ever ask uh, for FaceTime, so to say, he's going to have to be the extroverted one in the face of it because I'm not stepping in front of any camera. I'm stepping yeah. in front of I've microphones. Got the, I've got the, the cardboard cutout awaits of uh, just uh, Kenny B's head uh, in the background. I, I so. don't, don't want you to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, Kenny B. I do commentaries. Me, me, me. It would be a fictional uh, characterization of you in the background but uh yeah I, i'm here the the face of uh but uh, today you lucky people you just get to hear the soothing sounds of my voice yeah we're not gonna do a video podcast anytime soon i know that's uh, like uh, a hip, hip thing to do but that, that's not gonna happen either uh, it simply is not i'm uh, way more comfortable providing context fun and going where creativity leads us and in this case it has led us on to on to the Leon Lai path of it all. And uh, this is the Leon Lai actor series where we are across nine films, and this is the seventh. Uh, determine whether he's any good or not by giving him uh, the verdict of lie or buy on each individual film and then tally it up. So, um, is he good? Is, is he bad? Essentially. And if you want to catch up on the films we've done so far in our varied debuts, we haven't always seen eye to eye, check out the episodes on Fruit Punch, Wicked City, Fun and Fury. And with or without uh, Fun and Fury and with or without you in the same episode. Then we did Comrades Almost a Love Story and Moonlight in Tokyo in the same episode. And here we are with 18 Springs. Uh, we're jumping a little bit back and forth in the timeline uh, because uh, Moonlight in Tokyo was uh, released in uh, 2003, 4 or whatever. This is a 1996 film. So, no, it's not. It's a 1997 film. So, correcting myself on the air. It's also worth pointing out, by the way, that there are several reviews of films that would seem suitable for this coverage already, but they're in the Podcast on Fire archives they're already done, such as A Hero Never Dies, God of Gamblers 3, Infernal Affairs 3. So we're not redoing those, uh, but we're picking a suitable path from then up till now of we have uh, of what we haven't covered, plus a selection or two uh, that might not be... Um, up for consideration had we not done an actors series and 18 springs might not have had its own episode otherwise uh, you know so it's been an eclectic mix of youth drama novel and anime adaptation action romance quirky stuff and here we are with a um, shanghai set 1930s 40s uh, drama starring leon lai so a uh, little, little context of uh, how the thought process uh, goes but um, i wouldn't have it any other way walking our own uh, path to uh, from from beginning to conclusion in terms of actor series just to point out i think it does there are episodes that you know touch upon other films and there's uh, you know there's films that probably wouldn't be touched upon and this gives an opportunity to not only look at you know in depth at an actor that maybe you've never really considered before leon being one of those potentially to see you know whether they're any good or not um, and secondly, well, and more importantly, sometimes to pick out gems of films that perhaps and we may not have seen and we may not have covered or I may not have seen or be revisiting. So it's a delight on both fronts for me um, to be part of this series. So with that synchronization, 
between uh, between co-hosts. Uh, let's uh, let's get going here. So uh, some brief contact information for all your podcast on fire network needs, including the back catalog of the Leon Lai series, the other podcast on fire shows we've talked about, uh, other actors in series form such as uh, Ikin Cheng, George Lam, Alan Tam, and uh, but there, there's plenty of uh, options uh, on the site and uh, all the shows podcast on fire. What's Korean cinema, Taiwan War, uh, this weekend's least available wherever you find podcasts uh, email us if you have any questions or feedback podcast on fire podcast on fire at googlemail.com social media facebook discussion group twitter instagram all available under the banner better name uh, or uh, or handle podcast on fire we'll link to all that good stuff so a will turn over to phil who uh, is not uh, idle when he's not uh, sitting here talking with me he's certainly out and about and at the time of recording uh, like a few weeks ago you took in like a four movie strong bruce lee day or was it five yeah movies? yeah bruce lee marathon yeah yeah big boss fist of fury way of the dragon game of death um start with game of death as you do um, keep the people there. Mandarin cut of the big boss was that was was the biggie of the day because um, you know, that hadn't been shown since about 1970. Um, so that was a biggie. And I I, I also uh, had the honour, and this was at the Fighting Spirit Film Festival at the Mockingbird Cinema in Birmingham, to be the host um, for the Fist of Fury uh, feature. Um, so um, yeah, I got up and uh, dedicated a little bit to uh, to to a fan, uh, Jay Lee dedicate a little bit to him and did a little bit of an overview on Fist of Fury. Um, and it went down well. Uh, so my friend said, but I mean, he might've had a couple of drinks that time though. He does, he does lie. But yeah, so um, that was me. And uh, yeah, you can find us at Eastern Film Fans. And if you might notice and, and drop in there and have a look, we've updated the site. So it's fresh, it's new. Um, it's looking, um, looking sexy. Um, but yeah, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, social media outlets, and um, yeah, check out the uh, the new look uh, Eastern Film Fans website. Very good, uh, very good of you uh, to host and uh, work, and uh, nice it went down well. And uh, this is all happening, by the way, because at the time of recording, I believe this summer, Arrow is uh, dropping their Bruce Lee uh, Blu-ray and 4K set, and that will include the Mandarin cut of the Big Boss. But they're taking that on um, on the road, so to say, for uh, for exhibition. Uh, across the UK, so um, that's uh, Arrow's uh, way of uh, both promoting the set, but also giving people uh, new Bruce Lee content uh, that uh, hasn't been seen, as said, as Phil said, since uh, the 1970s. It played in a in this uh, very uh, variation, or at least a close, approximate uh, variation way of it. Um, it uh, the Mandarin cut doesn't have. The most attractive footage, uh, in terms of uh, the most sought-out footage, is not in there. The censored, the the, the violent uh, censored footage I ever saw in the head scene. But I'm sure the team Arrow had. They looked. They asked. Yeah. And if yeah. they couldn't find that, then it's probably discarded since 1971. Just briefly on it, yeah. Just briefly on it and stuff. There's some. There's some key scenes. I think it makes um, Bruce even more human. There's a, there's an added scene. Um, a brothel and stuff. Um, there's an extra alleyway kind of scene as well. There's there's quite a few bits, and you can tell because all of a sudden the print changes, so you can see what they are. It's a really interesting to see that um, cut and stuff. And I, and I will point out as well that on that disc set, and I will give a shout out to uh, to Matt Routledge. He does a he's got a, a new documentary. He went to Thailand, filmed on location. Um, returned to Thailand. It's called to to actually go back for to the locations for the big boss and we saw a little clip of it at the fighting spirit film festival but i'm looking forward to that on the arrow box set as well so yeah definitely worth picking up um for lots of the extra extra um, pieces and that documentary sounds fabulous and looks like it's going to be really interesting as well excellent we'll all get it and watch it in three years time <laughs> <laughs> we get our stuff we put it on the pile and our yeah. respective loved ones Indeed. Don't get it. They don't get it, man. That pile's getting bigger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta have it immediately when it comes out. Are you gonna watch it immediately? Of course not. Of course I am. It'll sit on uh, Kill Butterfly Kill probably. Uh, <laughs> one, you know. Well, well place Kill Butterfly Kill on top of it because uh, the arrow box set is uh, going to be a monster. It's quite hefty. <laughs> yeah. You want to squish your and poor Foxy's uh, commentary there? 
that's a shameless plug and i don't care yeah we, we might as well throw that out there it's it, it's officially out at the uh, at the time of recording neon eagle put out kill butterfly kill featuring you know audio commentary with myself and paul fox recorded back in 2021 these things take time sometimes but we didn't date uh, the commentary with like 30 minutes on covid or anything you know, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's uh, it's the inaugural release from Neon, e- Neon Eagle Video. Kill Butterfly Kill is a Taiwanese film retitled from Underground Wife to Kill Butterfly Kill, presented in English in a different edit. Also presented on the disc is the original edit in Mandarin with uh, a different structure to it. And there's also a third cut on the disc done Godfrey Ho style, even though he didn't do it called American Commando 6, Kill Butterfly Kill, therefore features new scenes with Western performers, including Mike Abbott. That Blu-ray is out, again featuring uh, audio commentary with myself and Paul Fox, so uh, check it out. Uh, I believe it's limited, uh, the first one is limited, uh, like the limited slip possibly, limited booklet, but uh, it's uh, you're probably going to be able to pick up an edition of sorts uh, in the next few years to come, you know. Uh, goody let's um that's easternfilmfans.co.uk for phil and all with all the plugging out of the way let's take a little music break and then we'll be back to discuss 18 springs from 1997 starring leon lai and uh, a whole bunch of talented ladies so we'll be right back And welcome back and the review of this episode, the soul review, the soul movie we're going to cover is 18 Springs from 1997, this particular Leon Lai selection and the plot uh, here we go a story of the romance between Gu Manjing played by Jacqueline Wu Chen Lian from A Moment of Romance and uh, Gu Manjing and Shen Shijun played by Leon Lai they fall in love and they uh, the story is about the struggles they face when their respective families will likely not approve of their relationship and Wu Qian Lian's character Man Jing also feels uh, a sense of shame for even uh, attempting merging her family with his, Leon Lai's Chen Shi Jun. Trying to steer Man Jing in the right direction is her sister Man Lu, played by Anita Moi, herself once a prostitute but now married to a wealthy man who has set his eyes on Man Jing. So there's your family drama and pairings uh, for you, the key pairings. So a little background We are going to start back at the literary stage, because this film was based on a novel by Eileen Chang, which marked the second time director Anne Hoy had adapted one of her works, the first being the Shaw Brothers film Love in a Fallen City, starring Chiang Fat and Cora Miao, uh, made in 1984. I remember that was in one of the first batches of Shaw Brothers films on DVD. You obviously got like uh, action pictures. Uh, you know, heroic ones and come drink for, come drink with me and then there was this and I didn't know about this movie it's obviously been out of circulation Love in a Fallen City uh, and I didn't know of that Chai and Fat film and obviously being Chai and Fat fan then and still it was like uh, wow I found a new film with, with Chai and Fat and he's cleaned up and restored and, and uh, wow I didn't know Shaw Brothers were like this uh, it was literally uh, you know, 23 three years ago and I didn't know Shaw Brothers were that multifaceted with genres. It obviously makes sense. But I didn't know because the impression you got from Shaw Brothers and I got from Shaw Brothers was, you know, Kung Fu fighting. And, uh, but but it makes sense. It was nice to see that come out um, in one of the earlier batches. So that's uh, Love in a Fallen City for you. This, uh, the novel covering this ill-fated romance, 18 Springs, uh, that is, is set in Shanghai across the 1930s and 1940s, and it was first serialized in the beginning of the 1950s. Uh, author then, um, I, author Eileen Chang then revised and published a new version in 1969 in Taiwan, changing some aspects of the plot, like how long the lovers of the tale were separated, and the Chinese title was also changed which is reflected in the film in the following way. So the film's English title, 18 Springs, is said to reflect clearly on the original Chinese title, while the Chinese title of the film 
matches the retitle from 1969. So it's a mixture of the new and old, if you will. Uh, Eileen Chang was a Chinese-born American novelist and screenwriter. She was famous for portraying life in Shanghai and Hong Kong in the, in the 1940s from a female perspective. So that's what you get in Love in a Fallen City as well. That decade was uh, when she gained fame for her writing uh, during the time of uh, Japanese occupation of uh, Shanghai in the 1940s. Uh, her work survived, though. Uh, it was rediscovered in the decades to follow, even up to the 1990s, uh, when Eileen Chang had regained popularity again and... Uh, Surely for a new generation of readers uh, discovering her work. Her writing leaned more towards realist. And she was writing from a wartime perspective, uh, female perspective. But she didn't lean on, as the wiki says, quote, grand accounts of national salvation and revolution. She honed in on the daily lives of uh, ordinary folks during this period of social change and violence. As she got older and more life experiences came her way, her writing turned very dramatic as well. She focused on tragedy and betrayals. She relocated to America and became a citizen in 1960 and started to document her life in novel form across three volumes, but seemingly couldn't get anyone to bite. Even when adapting her writing style to an English-speaking American audience, and those novels of her life weren't published until 2010, 15 years after Eileen Chang died. But they were impactful. And led to another resurgence of interest uh, in her work. And that, biograph- that biographical style uh, contained elements uh, like, again, mutual betrayals between mother and daughter. But uh, it connected emotionally with uh, readers who thought her description of families was very vivid. Obviously, 18 Springs, structurally, I'm sure in the book as well, certainly in the film, touches upon that very thing. Uh, mutual betrayals between uh, family members. But So it wasn't completely new to her works. It wasn't... Uh, first uh, it wasn't the first time it cropped up during her time writing her biography so i, I think yeah, obviously those she lived those feelings i'm sure those feelings uh, bled into her written works you know uh, about a dozen of her works were translated into english including love in a fallen city and something called lust caution that you might have heard of it was adapted into uh, the reason i haven't seen it is because it was adapted into a 2007 film that you can see and uh, that film was directed by Ang Lee. Uh, it starred Tony Leung, Chiu Wai, and Tang Wei. And it stirred up controversy upon release for its sexual content. Actress Tang Wei was blacklisted from the mainland Chinese film industry and did not work for three years because the state administration of radio, film, and television, SOFT, disapproved of her sexual acts in the film. She lost endorsements, starring roles in upcoming films, and perhaps. Uh, you know, it's a greater story, so perhaps we can return to that in another podcast, uh, perhaps dealing with Last Caution. Uh, I knew of it, but I, I, I didn't pick it up at the time just because I didn't. Um, I have an interest in Ang Lee, certainly the performance and all of that, but uh, did you see Last Caution at any point? Do you remember? I've got that film and I haven't seen it. It's on the shelf somewhere and it's probably still wrapped for some reason and I don't know. It's not family. It's not family viewing, obviously, but uh, yeah, I know. Well, obviously, when you know for, for everybody and stuff, but it was because it angling and so I picked it up. It's one of those again that probably hit the to watch pole, but never got watched, and then got you know on the shelf and stuff. But you know, that's a, that's an interesting one to uh, to see. Yeah, it, our outside perspective, especially mine, is so naive. So I think all of this sounds silly, but it is China after all, and um, they it it can be done, and uh, actual. Um, careers can be uh, yeah exactly i wasn't i wasn't aware of that see i learned something every day as well and stuff and and for that to act to you know someone on the back of a of a film and stuff it's it's quite it's quite tragic but you know that that opens up something to uh, look at but hey let's uh let's let's carry on i think she has rebounded by now uh thankfully uh tang wei uh she's uh uh, so she found work again and uh has had this uh Resurgence, and as, as late as uh, last year, she uh, starred in the South Korean film *Decision to Leave*, directed by Park Chan Wook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And awesome. I believe she's married to a Korean director, not that Korean director, but a Korean director. Uh, so it, it worked out, which is uh, n- nice to hear from my very basic p- perspective here. I would hate for art, uh, an artful choice, mm. to yeah. uh, completely derail one career, really. And 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 of hers. I mean, Tony went on and uh, probably had no uh, uh, no punishments l- laid upon him. You know, so 
so it's all um, it's all good by now. Back to Eileen Chiang. She didn't live to see this film adaptation as she passed away on September 8th, 1995 in her in her apartment in Los Angeles. In 2004, there was a biographical TV series put out about Chiang's life called The Legend of Eileen Chiang, where actress Renee Liu played the author. And back to uh, uh, 18 Springs, uh, I couldn't find its box office performance, uh, but I know it was outside the top 10 local films that year because I have that list. Uh, a list that was led by Mr. Nice Guy, Jackie Chan, and in third place, uh, Once Upon a Time in China and America. So in the top three film, two Samo Hong directed films. So he did, uh, he did well in 1997 in Hong Kong. Uh, at the Hong Kong Film Awards, 18 Springs had seven nominations, including Best Actress for Wu Qianlian, Best Cinematography, Score and Song, performed by Leon Lai, and it walked away with one win, Best Supporting Actress for the late Anita Moy. And that year was the year of uh, Fruit Chan's Indie Darling, Made in Hong Kong, starring Sam Lee winning Best Picture, Director, and uh, Best New Performer, and Downtown Torpedoes got the award for Best Action Design. It's not uh, unfair, I think. No, I don't think so. It's made in Hong Kong, you know, Fruit Chan. I'm, I'm, I love a Fruit Chan. I like what I like, it does. He, he love and hate again a little bit, but uh, made in Hong Kong, it's a magnificent picture. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. We'll get on to 18 Springs and stuff. But, yeah, I think made in Hong Kong is probably the right choice. It, it, it's such a um, Cinderella story made in Hong Kong, but thankfully it's a good film as well. I, I, I heard like, um, obviously it's an indie film, but Andy Lau supported it. So I'm sure some funds came into it that way. But I heard like, I, I might be remembering this wrong and perhaps confusing it with another indie darling. But I heard like Fru Chan made it using like... Uh, uh, scraps of film you know yes. discarded yeah, yeah. Uh, pieces of film that they then uh, managed to uh, put into a f- uh, 16 millimeter or 35 millimeter uh, version and that's what you got to do as an indie you grab what's out there and and even if discarded and it's still usable apparently so yeah yeah i think it's uh, i think it's getting i think yeah already has been released on a shiny disc again. Yep, yeah, Eureka, put it out in the UK. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so. Uh, so there should there, uh, there, there should be some good uh, extras for Made in Hong Kong there. Anyway, back to 18 Springs, some uh, review time here for this uh, drama. And uh, for my short opinion, this is uh, for me, because I'm a fan of hers, Peak and Hoi. But Peak and Hoi can be found in many films, even going back to both people. Forward to uh, you go forward to summer snow. Then you go forward to the way we are, and uh, uh, the, uh, and eighteen springs. I think is another elite work of natural, static, captivating, and reserved storytelling. But it breaks through as genuine. I think it's genuinely romantic, genuinely heartbreaking, and it depicts the dynamic of the various pairings and Chinese family dynamics really well. And yes, the ladies are running laps around Leo Lai, but he carries himself very well here. So that's my short opinion for now. What did you think of 18 Springs? I almost agree. I have to say it's a captivating film. I mean, Anne Hoy does it, doesn't she? And she just, she, she, she dresses up something that could be quite, could be, I'd say dull, uh, routine and, and makes it into a spectacle. I mean, it's like I say that the ladies carry this, uh, just fantastic on screen. And it just, it captivates you right from the opening scene. And that's what I love about this film that, um, she does something that draws you straight in as we as we start the journey with them um, and, and end with them. And, and right from the moment go, you want to understand where this is going. And that's what I love about Anne Hoy films. And that's what I love about 18 Springs, the journey she takes you on. Yeah, because she isn't dressing this up in, um, in stylish flourishes. No. She's making a very conscious choice of uh, being static. But obviously it's a well-crafted film. It's not uh, lazy. Uh, static doesn't mean lazy static means uh, you can draw people in and I, I'm sure that was uh, you know both people is an angrier film but I'm sure that that was true for both people as well if we look back at it uh, yeah, yes it's a uh, it's a wartime film so it has some gruesome sights and uh, it's a bit more gritty but I think she was still in that uh, technical headspace that uh, I don't need to make it uh, with stylish flourishes necessarily I need to point the camera and I have the instincts to make make that a good thing. Ironically, her first film that I just watched on Blu-ray, uh, The Secret, which uh, was restored by the Hong Kong Film Archive, um, it's a murder mystery, non-linear murder mystery, and it has uh, much more style. 
than I'm used to with an Anne Hoy film, but it's it goes for mood rather than frantic style. You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, it's very moody, noir-like shots of uh, quiet streets during the night and all that stuff. And uh, so obviously she can working with uh, technical crew uh, spice up her frame, but uh, I, f- I think she's very comfortable, and uh, it shows in this third decade of making films the secret was in 1979 that she's still comfortable uh, putting on a show in a very static way and you're right it in the wrong hands this could have been very very dull but it's very uh, it's very engaging and uh, and i think eileen the little i know of eileen chang and an hoy they're kind of tailor-made for each other the notes that i just rattled off uh, said that she preferred uh, a realist view and that means that this story despite going through history doesn't have scenes of uh, destruction during the war or anything no it's still very plain and natural all throughout the film uh, so, 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 so so i think they're tailor-made uh, for it all i wanted to ask do you do, do you have a memory still of her from a moment of romance uh, wu chien lian you know that was her first film uh, yeah it was her first film wasn't it yeah you can yeah uh, and, and i do and it's yeah. It's one of those, isn't it? Because you remember it because she was so fabulous. And then when you look back, that was her first performance. And it's like moment of romance. And it was such a you know big thing, upcoming actress and boom. So, yeah, I, easily recognisable um, for me, Jacqueline. And, um, my God, she's fantastic in this. She was perfect as a young, newbie, inexperienced actress that then fitted that role of a moment yes. of romance. And here... Like seven years later, she is completely. I mean, I've always been a fan, but I, I watched her be luminous in movie after movie, regardless of what movie it was. Even in a moment of romance too, where she's paired up with Aaron Kwok, it it it's not as good, but uh, it manages to work because she's in it. And then back with Andy for a moment of romance, free unrelated film. It's a it's a second war, uh, world war um, film, I believe. And then The Adventures, again, with Andy Lau, and then up to, like, more daring works. Like, uh, there's a movie called Intruder that uh, Johnny Toe produced. It's a Category 3 film, and she's a violent, murderous, mainland Chinese woman who's, uh, you know, it's 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 a, it's a very nasty, sadistic film. And she's, she's still this uh, captivating presence, and... That's a key because the movie movie opens with uh, good natured interaction between friends, setting those little seeds up of uh, friendship and possible love. And uh, he, there you have those examples. That there's a couple of scenes where they are just hanging out. They're in a little shitty tea house together. Uh, Leon Lai, Wu Qian Lian, and their friend. Uh, uh, which is the uh, uh, was it the Shu Hoi character that Huang Lei plays, uh, and, and and I think it's lovely. It's uh, it's just lovely to watch that interaction. She she has no problem captivating me from the get, from, from the start. She mm. she does that very well uh, through these funny interactions. Like f- f- think back to this uh, scene of a tea house where where they sit down and they uh, and Leon Lai kind of accidentally because he he seems like it's a bit awkward. He drinks. Uh, a cup of tea that the chopsticks have been washed in and they realize that and they have a good laugh about that i i don't know what it is about that that captivates me but but i you know i, I guess it's a uh, actors getting on and uh, a director uh, standing proudly behind her way of filming and and you always say with something like this you need that connection you need that you know it doesn't work unless both are in sync and I'm going to be a little bit controversial in the fact that I, I do believe they are, and it does drive the story. But because Jacqueline is so good, and then we, you know, Anita as well and stuff, you just get lost within the scenes and stuff because they are scene stealers. They take away, you know, they are driving the scenes in it. And he, he does, he has his moments throughout the, the, the feature, and he needs to because obviously they are the couple that drives this piece but Jacqueline is so good it's a tall order to measure it is it is a real tall order and that's why you know I, I always do it with these films that I'm taking bit by bit and stuff but as I'm going through they, the the actresses in this are, are so good and it makes it such a great 
you know, a great film and stuff, but there are little moments. And I, I like the little moment, the tears and stuff. I mean, it made me chortle and stuff because they're just, they're laughing at him and, and, and we're laughing kind of like with them. Um, but yeah, it's uh, fantastic. And like I say, you need that chemistry. And, and mostly also a Mandarin sync sound film, which always helps for interaction. Leon Lai is mainland Chinese, as we established. She's Taiwanese, but um, um, so, so I'm not sure if her, if her Mandarin accent is uh, up to snuff for the film or not, or if she studied to, to make her accent uh, Shanghainese or whatever. I don't know. I, I literally can't say. Anita seemed post-synced a little bit here and there. So, uh, but, but I don't know if she was comfortable in Mandarin or not uh, going by memory, but Sync sound helps, and we also, thankfully, understand time and place, even if we don't understand the full history of Shanghai, and this is okay, because uh, she is pointing a camera at uh, luminous, well-costumed characters. They're, they're not in, in the upper classes or anything, but they look very elegant in their winter coats and gloves come winter time. Uh, you know what I mean? So it, it is actually a very well-costumed film, where they all, they, they all look their best. Yeah, yeah I think you've uh, hit the note. Luminous. There, there is some marvelous scene, and again, you've just drawn to Jacqueline. But I mean, that just the way you know she shines and stuff, and the lighting. You know, when they they focus on her and stuff, you just absorbed. You know, into that story and and, and into her and stuff. And uh, like I say, just the way that the lighting is done to to do that, and the fading out of some characters and, and bring them to the forefront and stuff. There's a couple of things with the needs and with Adams and stuff. Is fabulous, but yeah, the, the the setting kind of really helps um, set the scene as well. Very much so. She's um, she's a very friendly uh, Wu Qianlian's character. I'm not going to call her Jacqueline, so sue me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm used to uh, saying her Chinese name, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it! Uh, but she's uh, very friendly, outgoing. She's helpful, and that's why her sort of smile lights up a room. And when she likes someone. She's obviously also friendly and cute in um, in her interactions with Leon. He's a little bit of that comrades style character where he he does he, he seems a little bit buttoned up and uh, unsure of himself, inexperienced, but it leads to cute interactions uh, between them. Maybe not around people necessarily, but. Um, their friendliness one-on-one is very infectious again thanks to her being so luminous but uh, i like how he uh you know he he manages and maybe we don't agree on this especially with her despite not being as good as her he manages to have a little bit of good movie star sheen about him that doesn't disrupt the character he looks very handsome and gets more and more comfortable as an actor and the character does as well but i think he's lit up by wu Qianlian. And the character is lit up by the, the by her, uh, by the character she's playing. They 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 seem to respond to each other. I think he looks uh, very comfortable and uh, and he's very kind. He's not judgmental even because w- when she dares to tell him about her sister, the Anita Moy character, she used to be a ballroom dancer. She's not achieved much, and that speaks to the fact that she might have had some dodgy professions in her life uh, which are not respectful uh, traits to have within the dynamics of a family but he says I, I wouldn't judge her based on based on that because why would I but it's a major hurdle for her to one share and to accept that someone like the, it, it seems like as the move goes along it becomes this almost impossibility because of the Anita Moy status and her choices in her life for Wu Qianlian's character to even uh, marry someone because it would just be unacceptable, which is sad, which is so sad because he has literally said in in the early stages, I I, I wouldn't care about that. I I don't know her and uh, I wouldn't care about that. Um, Those Chinese family dynamics, I'm not an expert on at all, but Anho is good at communicating that throughout the film where we understand what troubles might lie ahead the longer she waits to marry, but if she doesn't marry correctly into uh, a family with uh, a good reputation, then things might turn a little bit dicey. So for me, not knowing that dynamic and probably won't ever know the complete nuances of that uh, Chinese family dynamic, it came through in the film for me. You know, we're talking 1930s as well. You know, socially unacceptable to be doing that and portrays, 
you know, I'm the family and the status of the family. Therefore, you know, he's more from a, a more wealthy background and stuff to, to have that and stuff. You know, things start to, to, to pull at threads because, you know, the status wise, it's just not going to, it's not going to work. It can't work because, in, you know, in his family. Like someone is going to say no at one point. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, we'll make sure that it doesn't work. And that start, it starts to, to, to crumble then. And, you know, this, this, what starts out as just, you know, a wonderful friendship forming and lovers forming and stuff starts to crumble as you watch it and you watch it kind of fade away and it's done subtly and, 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 and then brutally and you're part of that journey. Um, but you has to set it out to, to do that. You have to get to that point where all of a sudden things change and that shift. And it's like, you say that just that subtle moment of like, you know, I wouldn't, but then, you know, the bigger picture comes and the families come and, you know, people get involved and then it doesn't, it, it isn't just them two in that, in that loved up kind of world that they live in. There's outside forces that, you know, are just going to stop this from ever becoming what it could have been. So, yeah. And, and as many story strands as she actually uh, puts forth here, there's a, like three or four uh, couples, if you will. It's, it's never overwhelming. I think it's very well told uh, despite uh, the number of characters uh, here and uh, as you said it's just lovely to see that romance blossom but it isn't put on front street through exposition despite voiceover it's not used as uh, this uh, helping tool to uh, communicate what they failed to do <laughs> visually uh, I think the, the voiceover is used so sparingly for little uh, to cl- uh, no, not clarify but to heighten some beats which is yeah, uh, and there are lovely moments as because I, I I like that I didn't fully know that they were infatuated with each other and then Anne Hoy kind of quickly cuts to a scene before he goes back to Nanjing to his family mm-hmm. they're, they're with each other and uh, he's packing and she's there to perhaps help out and in a quick cut we go from uh, whatever scene preceded to, to the two in his bedroom and Leon is resting his head on her like he's standing from, uh, she's sitting down, he's standing up, but he's resting his head on her. Uh, and it's very intimate. Uh, and she's helping him out to prep for the departure the day after. And and I love that because it, it's kind of surprising and confirms the synchronization. And uh, then we, we, get, we get these lovely beats in the next uh, few scenes of the next reel that they do miss each other. And there, there's a long in there. There's a chemistry forming, and it becomes really infatuating again because Anne has such a handle on natural human interaction, and you it doesn't feel obviously it is staged, but it doesn't feel staged. It just feels like a, a viewing a viewing a natural thing forming, uh, a very lovely natural thing forming in this case, being love and romance. It, and uh, I don't know if you remember, but like, like one of my favorite beats within the, the going good section of the film, because it doesn't go so good in the second half. He accompanies her to her evening tutoring work, which is at another person's house. So they, they walk together on the streets and they arrive and uh, he says, I, I want to walk some more. Hmm. So they walk the block again. And I thought that was uh, very lovely. For, for the story and for the two performers. So it could have been, Leon Lai could have been out of his depth here. He really could have been because sometimes he sucks. He really does. <laughs> but I think he, as he, had, he never stood a chance against Anita Moy and Wu uh, Qian Lian, but uh, no. he, he does ever so well here. And you, you believe that boy is in love. You really do. And it's not. Uh, too basic it's actually quite nuanced and i just found it very lovely to watch them you know i almost agree but i can't and, and maybe it's because and it's um and jacqueline i'm just gonna call her jacqueline because i do are just so good and and the other problem i've got is comrades almost a love story he's so good in that he's so good in that he a, a character he was like, made for yeah exactly so obviously the comparison's there and we just watched it as well. So my compa now, would it have been different if I'd not seen Comrades? It's tough. Maybe, maybe. But my problem is Comrades was that good and that was it. I expected the same and I didn't get it. Um and unfortunately because Anita and 
and Jacqueline just blow him off the screen and stuff. I don't find him to be as engaging um, as he could have been. And, he, and he, he's, he's there and the story works and the film works and I love it. I'm not going to take anything away from that. But for me, Leon doesn't quite hit it. He doesn't quite do that for me because I expected more and my expectations were higher. Um, so that's just from, from me, from my looking in on it and stuff. And it doesn't take away from the performances and or that his performance is good. I just don't think it's as good as it could have been. And maybe that's because Jacqueline was so good. Yeah, he just focused on her and stuff, even though he's there. That's that's my problem with it. He's just there. And it's always, always about her. And it was always focused on her. And he didn't bring anything to make me shift my attention and, and care enough about him. And obviously she gets the more of the, the, the twist in the towel, shall we say, and stuff. But yeah, from, from my side and... and and that's what it just didn't quite work for me from a Leon point of view. Um, but like I say, going through the film and stuff, it's, it, it, is, it is fantastic and stuff. And he, and he has his moments, but just not enough. It is in Comrades 2 for him. Yeah. It, it's a step down in terms of the full skill set that was just perfection throughout that film, even measuring up to Maggie Chung. He really did. But 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 I do think yeah, as as much of a tall order as it was, and I know he wasn't going to measure up to the ladies, he, he finds the right tone, the youthful exuberance, you know, the beaming youth comes through him, especially since he's in love. But, but he also has his family devotion that he can't shy away from but but he never turns um, cold necessarily um it, it's a tragic story of uh it, it, it's, it, it's an almost a love story in a way too even though this is based on a literary work right so it isn't a you know comrade exploitation <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly, yeah. and it is it's almost a love story it is it's just like i say it's just those outside forces that become apparent and families and, and all that and stuff that then start to take the toll on a, a relationship that they feel they're ever in a bubble and stuff they would have carried on in their blissful you know that romantic connection and become you know the the love story that it should have been she um and hoy she can punish she she isn't a, a mellow director necessarily the secret was violent both people as you might remember even if only images from wasn't pretty at points and quite harrowing at points too so she has that in her but uh, th- th- there's no telltale signs of the films going down tropey roads of cliches of melodrama and drama uh, you know she she has her grand focus on conveying love and that playful behavior amidst all those smiles that these characters share but 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 she gradually invites that um, tragedy and hardships into it all and she does it actually through a this is easy to miss and if I looked away for a second, I might have missed it. She does some sneaky flash forwards in the film. After Dave walked to that place where she's uh, tutoring, right? There's a sneaky flash forward where we see Leon lie on a, uh, on a tram, I suppose. Clearly looking a little bit older, different costume. He's got glasses and he turns around and sees that uh, entrance. That he remembers. And then we cut out of that scene. So there's some sneaky non-linear storytelling here. It sounds so arty when I describe it. But it actually is um, it's sneaky is good in this case. Uh, it uh, piqued my curiosity. But she isn't making that her main mission. To jump back and forward in the timeline. The secret was that way by the way. but it uh, So it was a little bit more tricky to follow. But it uh, tied up. Towards the end, you know, you got it. Um, without spoiling it all, I mean, we, we can certainly touch upon the fact that uh, throughout the, the years here in Shanghai, she she, fla- she flash forwards uh, a few years here and there, but she never really puts up uh, title cards like two years later, no. four years later. We, we're expected to know that even in a, I'm, I'm, I might be jumping ahead here in the, in the timeline and the notes, war is touched upon. But merely in a scene where Wu Qianlian is uh, walking around uh, some dr- uh, destruction, you know, some uh, brick walls have been knocked down, which suggests that th- this is uh, occupation times. But there's no, there's no um, scenes of uh, destruction or anything, and that, that uh, and that doesn't last for long either. Eileen Chang, I bet, didn't write a lot about the war. 
in her novel she focused on the other destruction that's going to happen you know where and i think that's absolutely fine we it's not a war film so it is absolutely fine because we we then cut to the destructive dominant abusive relationship that is going on between anita moy and gay you and gay you you might have seen in if you've seen zhang yimou's to live he plays uh, the rich man who loses everything and then yes. we follow him in his life uh, with gong li that's gay you uh, but he was also in that uh, quirky uh, film, Big Shot's Funeral, where he co-starred with Donald Sutherland. Uh, Rosamund Kwan is in it as well. It was a satirical comedy. So uh, he's a mainstay of uh, mainland Chinese films. That's where we uh, th- that darkness comes in. And it was never... It was it, it was as natural as anything for, for us to transition into that. It was harder to watch, to see Anita Moy in that uh, destructive relationship and clearly not... Uh, proud of her life or anything but she she can't abandon it because what can she do she is clearly well looked after financially so she needs to stay with him and it always leads to um we might spoil a tiny bit of it it leads to portions where you don't like anita at all where she essentially entraps and keeps her sister imprisoned with uh gay use character and there's where the stick of dynamite in the film is uh, lit up and exploded but but it's not hard to watch sorry it is hard to watch but not because anhoi cranks it to 10 or anything it's still fairly quiet but it's um it's horrific uh the way they break down wu qianlian's character against her own will so it was hard to watch because I enjoyed the good fates that were brewing of the characters, but it's still it's still kind of enthralling and, and sad that uh, Leon Lai is now not a part of this and he's of the mindset that um, she didn't want him anymore. And uh, that kind of broke my heart. It really did. And mostly because she is so good at uh, you know going through that destruction. That uh, internal de- destruction where she is broken down and uh, and and trapped. So I so so I didn't so I didn't think the darkness was too much, which which was what what I was going to ask you if you felt that that was a compelling uh, part of the story or not. And and how does it does it so well because you you sucked into that that story about this couple. There's a scene that kind of really stands out, which. You, you then understand how much you're invested in something when you watch something in the fact there's a scene where Leon um, he, he, he basically is searching for her and he comes knocking at the door and, and literally she's, she's locked in this, this room and she doesn't notice she's looking at these a pair of gloves which have a significant meaning in the film and stuff and she, she never turns around, she's kind of within this fantasy world that you know she remembers and um, and he, and he was there, and he and you just see him through the the, the pane of glass, and he and he walks away and stuff. And you're willing her to turn around and see him, just see him, just see him. There's a window, just turn around, and and she and she doesn't because she's just you know thinking of the past and stuff, and, and never looks out the window. And he goes off, and and they, they don't see each other. And you and you do, you you're that you're that enthralled by it that you you're that invested. You know, you're, you're kind of almost shouting, yeah, turn around, turn around. Um, that's how good this film is. That's how good it is because there's just moments in the film where you just like it just pulls at your pulls at your heartstrings as well as you're just invested here. And without pushing like artificial buttons, where we that that makes us feel something. It, uh, she really she really doesn't need to to do so. And and that doesn't turn on Hoy's movies into art films like uh, uh, elusive art films or anything. This storytelling is either for you or not for you. Uh, it it will sweep you off your feet, or you will find it hard to get into because uh, it seems like nothing is uh, of greater value is happening. But I think she's she's really an expert uh, at this, and and yes, it seems unfair what is happening, and really it is unfair a lot of the things. Uh, but I never I never thought it was uh, like this uh, unsatisfying trek towards the end where there are choices that we might not agree with we we wish for other fates for the characters uh for the different pairs you know there there's a couple of other pairs that uh, seem um, 
crucial that uh, never happens. Uh, the pair-ups uh, doesn't happen, you know, uh, between characters that seem uh, better destined for each other. It's life, man. <laughs> but it, re- it really, it, it spins out of control, gets into a bit more controlled state. Uh, she isn't uh, eternally locked up, but there, there's damage that has been done, but Wu Qianlian's character carries on with family tradition, uh, loyalty, out of duty, uh, duty, and we just hope that the two that were destined to be together are able to get together and kind of get back to the same uh, spot they were at, meaning that let's get our families together, let's, uh, let's do the tradition. And there are stumbling blocks along the way that where that doesn't seem to happen. And then years passes again, and uh, it it becomes really sad without the movie sounding sad. You know, there's no I don't remember much score from this movie, and certainly not any violence going on here to make us feel stuff. It really was that captivating for all its uh, sad uh, turns that it takes. Uh, but 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 never really evoked old films where Anne Hoy is just going through emotions, evoking tropes from better films. So uh, it just felt like a, just a captivating story that I wanted better things out of for the characters. Granted, but, but you know, <laughs> well, exactly because you invested, you want it, and you know, everyone. Yeah, but but, but but there's some really mature. Not cynical, and I won't spoil this, but uh, one of the last scenes of the film. We, we can say that much is between Wu Qian Lian and Leon Lai. Old, older, but not the older where they put makeup cakes on them. The, the, the subtle changes in aging through costume design, hairstyle, demeanor, but, but they don't put like a grey wig on either of the actors, you know. Uh, but it's just that minimal realization that, uh, yeah, we're fine, but, you know, we, we wanted more out of life, but we're fine. Uh, at, at least we have a history of sorts that that happened between us and we're fine but it necessarily but it wasn't necessarily where i personally wanted as someone invested in the story the characters to end up but it wasn't fe- i i, I di- it didn't feel cynical yeah. and nihilistic for the sake of it and so so as i give i, I give a thumbs up to the choice to the dark choices how, however hard they are to to accept as someone who is invested in in, in the whole thing yeah, and, and, and I think it works well for, for the film. We we all like the, the fairy tale and life isn't like that. And that just, you know, sometimes it is what it is. And, and I think that's the, the, the ending. It is what it is. You could have, you could have gone, you could have gone extreme on both ends of the spectrum, but actually Anne Hoy just delivered it with the, as it started to the end and on a journey, which you, you're taking and that's it. And you, you, you're satisfied with what it is. You want more, leaves you wanting more, which is fantastic. And that's the whole purpose of, of, of storytelling. Um, but actually, you come out of it with a, yeah, I would have loved more. But you're satisfied that there's that there's something there at the end that provides something for you to, you know, cling on to. And there's some yeah, fantastic scenes leading on to it and stuff. But yeah, like I say, it, it is about the journey um, and, and the realities of that. You know, speaking of that sneaky thing that I spoke of, the, the the sneaky flash forward, the very last scene is a sneaky flashback, where you where you watch, you watch, you watch, and then a, a key thing happens that happened in the past, and then the movie's over, and you kind of go, wait, oh, ooh, ooh, oh yeah, and I like that. She uh, she ran past us, but we caught up. Yeah, <laughs> which was yeah. kind of cool. I I, I kind of like that beat. I didn't remember it for my viewing many years ago. Mm, yeah, it's fantastic. Nice little note. But yeah, you know, it, it's a fantastic film. It's highly recommended. You should mm. definitely see this. But a minus well. point for Leon for you. For me, yeah, I, you know, I'm 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 sorry, Leon. And if you do listen to this, I apologize. Hey, Leon, uh, but... <laughs> come over here. <laughs> Ah, tell it to his face tell it to his face it's not my fault you were so good in comrades that's your own fault and we did watch them back to back which is my fault so half and half but i have to because jacqueline and and anita my god you know indeed is fantastic every time i see a god that legend bless her god rest her soul is so good it's just a very unpredictable performance from anita by the way uh pardon me because you um you did you you didn't realize that you were going to um kind of detest her at one point yeah uh, yeah exactly 
you know, she can Anita can eat bread rolls and she's engaging. She's just fantastic. Just watch, just watch her. She just lights up the screen every time she's on it. And I've said that before, and I'll always say it. But and 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 for me, Leon just doesn't quite. He just and it's because everybody else is so good that doesn't detract from it's a fantastic film and stuff. It's just this one for for me doesn't quite hit the uh, the button. I, I see what you're doing there, and uh, uh, Leon gets uh, thumbs up from me, so he's uh, in a plus column still, and uh, I think he deserves it. Uh, not everything can be comrades, but uh, I think uh, he he can be out of the out of his element in other films, and where he's simply not a good fit. And I think uh, he became a good fit uh, throughout the movie for me, despite being. Uh, sort of a fourth place amidst the performance or what have you (laughs) because even um, not even but uh, I like little scenes that you might forget about little story strands that you might forget about like uh, Anita had a um, past relationship with someone who seemed very destructive uh, a drunk god maybe a gambler and they departed because uh, he was uh, being destructive and he emerges in uh, not in her life again but he came, he comes back to Shanghai uh, the character Wang Shi when plays and he's made a name for himself and he's not uh, a destructive person and him and Anita have a couple of one-on-ones where it's another reason to see the film because you, you see performers click here and you, you see Anita you know she, she spots someone who is clearly good for her that's uh, just wish she had stuck with him because he wasn't that destructive he wasn't on a downward spiral and perhaps the gay you character was never kind to her uh, especially not as he got rich and uh, used his power physically to to get what he wants uh, so there, there are lovely scenes here for Anita that are the uh, the blocks that built up the eventual award it, it's a it's a little bit um, it's a little bit of a forgotten performance I, f- I think amidst so many good performances obviously but uh, she uh, she was uh, on a roll the last uh, few years there I mean um, we, we've have we done it on the show no I don't think we have um, Anne Hoy did a movie called July Rhapsody which is okay. yeah, maybe yeah. a year or two before Anita passed uh, him and um, uh, uh, Anita and uh, Jackie Chung and one of Karina Lam's first performances uh jackie chung cheats on on anita uh with a schoolgirl. so july rhapsody is uh, this uh other confirmation that uh, anita was just uh, you know she would have had 20 30 40 more years of just exceptional stuff mm. and 18 springs confirms it july rhapsody certainly did and uh, but yeah so big ups to Anita and a deserved award uh, regardless of uh, the person she was nominated against I don't care, it's a deserved award <laughs> uh, so, so yeah uh, don't have any other notes personally, anything else you want to say? No, um, go see the movie for because you should and, and it deserves to be seen uh, and recognised for fantastic performances um, but um, take a handkerchief, you might need it yeah, a little bit, yeah Without, uh, not ex- not excessively so, but um, you might have it. You might need it handy. You know, have it around. Uh, okay. As for availability, uh, 18 Springs has been available on DVD before, but the transfer was from a cinema print. But nowadays, a region all Hong Kong Blu-ray is available, so you can see it with uh, optional subtitles, a couple of spelling errors here and there. But it seems, uh, on the whole, uh, quite a, quite a good job, and uh, I don't expect the boutique labels to pick this up anytime soon so i would recommend that you if you have an interest in the film then go pick up the hong kong blu-ray because uh, you don't need um, you don't need a special player for it uh, it will boot up uh, being region all we are closing in on the finale and even though i've uh, said that um, i'm going to reduce my workload and only do one film per episode uh, and all of that we have two m- movies left and we might as well do a uh, a bigger finale in the past we've done three films per finale but uh, this time we have two left we have bodyguards and assassins left and i don't know if leon is in it for more than 10 minutes but i think he's a supporting actor in it i mean it's a donny film so 
But uh, I've seen him on the poster and in the cast list, so he must have a presence of sorts. It's not a cameo. So, so I think it's worth doing. And I, I've never seen Bodyguards and Assassins uh, ever. No! Get him. Get him. What a treat for you. And you know what? I'm looking forward to revisiting it because, and exactly why I, I love doing this series, because I don't remember Leon in it at all. So it would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah I'm just taking a chance. That. He might be in it for two minutes. Who, yeah, who exactly. the fuck knows? But I'm, I'm doing it. I've chosen it, so I'm doing it. So we're going to have to ju- judge it on uh, the merits of, uh, hey, give me a cent. Like, uh, hi, I'm a beggar. So yeah, you can have a cent. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, that's it. Oh my God. I'm looking forward to this one. That one's going to be fun. Tune in for that one. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I have no preconceived notions other than knowing that it existed back in the day. It had a trouble uh, getting to the screens, uh, being in development hell. And there's literally a documentary called Development Hell as uh, Teddy Chan tried to get this made for X number of years and uh, all of that good stuff. So uh, we'll get to that next uh, episode. And then if we can find it, um, maybe it's on streaming services, but if we can find it, we're going to finish it off with Wine Wars. Why Wine Wars? Say that three times fast. Leon Lai directed that film. It's uh, It seems like an action piece, but the Wine Wars just... Normally, I would have said, nah. But yeah. he directed it, and we can do it for work. And uh, when we set our minds to something, it gets done, and uh, we're going to get to mi- uh, mind wars. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wine wars. It's <laughs> playing mind wars on me. Mind wars with wine wars while drinking wine. But uh, that that's how we finish off this uh, Leon Lai series, if all goes well. Bodyguards and Assassins and Wine Wars, directed by Leon Lai. So stay tuned for that. And thank you for sticking to the series, including this episode. It might not be the most downloaded out of the Leon Lai episodes. Maybe people uh, wanted more comrades in Wicked City than 18 Springs, but I wanted to do 18 Springs. So, um, And uh, I'm very happy that you took the journey once more with me, Phil. And I am I am grateful for being on the journey. So thank you. And thank everybody for listening. And I'm sure it'll be a fantastic episode. Everybody will be downloading because I want to know more about this and what's coming soon and us and, uh, yeah, and all that good stuff. Excellent. Well, that's uh, true. I hope it's true. I hope it's going to turn out to be true. <laughs> okay, for all your podcast on fire network needs, including the back catalog of uh, the podcast on fire episodes and the Leon Light series, go to podcastonfire.com and to get us wherever you find podcasts. Uh, otherwise, social media links to the discussion group and our Twitter feed and Instagram is all on the site. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and uh, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and again, wherever you find podcasts. And uh, follow us on uh, social media, of course. I'm at So Good Reviews on Twitter, and um, that's where I do most of my Hong Kong, Taiwanese cinema musings and reviews and uh, all of that good stuff. So uh, we never plug these things, but uh, I, I post my stuff nowadays. I don't update my site anymore, but I post my, I still write. So I post my writing on like Letterboxd and uh, and Twitter and uh, all that stuff. So, um, uh, so we're still active uh, in terms of that, even if we don't write on our uh, sites anymore as much as we used to i mean do do reviews anymore now or you you're mostly a socialite (laughs) (laughs) well no i do i do i have got some waiting in the wings because obviously i've said that easternfilmfans.co.uk i've updated the site so it's nice shiny and new and i have got some i have got some uh reviews waiting are you going to do right on at the time of recording or uh, Jamie is doing right on funnily enough I was going to mention that right on will be um, my co-host co-collaborator um, I think Jamie's going to do that one I think Sakura's coming as well with uh, Donnie Yen um, that one's coming and uh, I might give you a teaser for something else Septet the story of oh, Hong yeah, Kong yeah that's coming out uh, all the all the shorts all, all the shorts about Hong Kong including a short by Anhui Indeed, including a show by Hanoi. Um, so look out for that. That will probably be out by the time people pick up this one as well. So, yeah, I'm still doing the reviews. I don't all palm them off and socialite around to these events, one and around like David Essex. I do 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 some work and stuff, and you can find me at easternfilmfans.co.uk, um, YouTube and uh, social media in general. 
Excellent. Uh, throw out the plug for your uh, for your recurring YouTube show. You oh yeah, there. so YouTube, uh, yeah, and YouTube Eastern Film Fans, uh, we do a recurring show called What's in the Box? What's in the Box? Um, so you usually get the uh, the the latest releases uh, pop up. Um, we went a um, little bit sideways um, with uh, Chuck Norris recently in uh, Code of Silence, um, but I'm sure with um, 88 films coming out, there'll be some some of those and Eureka obviously distributed some great features so you can imagine that yes those will be what's in the box and no we won't tell you what's in the box you have to tune in to find out what's in the box so we're signing off for this episode see you for, for the Leon Life and Ollie we, we have we, ha- we have some candidates in terms of um, actors or actresses um, in the podcast notes uh, you suggested Michelle Yeoh that's certainly doable uh, someone suggested because sadly uh, he's no longer with us. Uh, Richard, M. I can see it's on Richard M. because uh, it's not just all about the comedies. Uh, when it came to him, he did uh, some dramatic work as well. So we're we're obviously going to find some uh, some new ideas to pursue, but not pursue them with as much uh, immaturity because it's not like it's not like as with Alan, as with Ekin, and kind of as with Leon. It's not like I hate Michelle Yeoh. When it's just gonna be like let's uh, let's sing her praises for a couple of films. Mm. Yeah, I, I think we've got some suitable candidates for a, a definitely some more series. So if people like what we're doing, drop us a note and we'll carry on doing what we're doing. But I think we've got yeah some ideas on what we want to do next and stuff. I've got a feeling for maybe it might be an actress this time. We'll see what happens. And um, but I I love doing it. And if people love listening to it, let's carry on and do it. And unearthing some gems for us. And for me and for you as well that you can go out and and find and then um, our, our job here is done. So yeah, fantastic. Let's uh, let's sign off then. Thank you, Phil. I've been gonna be here with me was Phil G, so say bye to the kids. Bye kids. Bye, kids.